number, so I'm just going to go with it. So I think it's 33. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Getting Subcolored. There's no promo this time. Um, Cactus, Jack, Cactus Jack did a great promo, by the way, which we'll get into. There were a few great promos. Bang, bang! Um, yeah, this is episode maybe 32, maybe 33. Uh, whenever it's posted, you'll find out what episode this is, but... We are here. We're going to talk about some news. We're also going to be talking some WWF Raw, April 5th, 1993, the Raw after Mania uh, and well, WrestleMania 9 uh, and WCW Saturday night, April 10th, 1993. Uh, more shenanigans happening over there. Uh, but let's get into some news. Um let me get my news out of the way first, since uh, you, you gave me the news. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a, I guess I'm an AEW bro, um, so I have to be the news because I've been watching it. And I, 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 as much as criticism as I give, I like the product, so that's why I still watch it. Um, but on Double or Nothing, they had an announcement. Because they're going to be having another show called Rampage. And Mark Henry is going to be an analyst. He was the announcement at the pay-per-view. Uh, now, did they? I think they are doing like a, an announcing deal. Like Mark Henry is doing announcing, correct? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, so whether he's going to be color commentating. so Because I can't see him doing play-by-play, right? Nah, I mean, unless he's gonna make like this sudden, honest to God attempt at it or something. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's what's gonna happen. But uh, I don't think it's gonna happen that way. But yeah. No, I, I think either Tony Schiavone or maybe Jim Ross is gonna go there, or maybe Excalibur. Um, Fuck. I mean, I'd rather have Excalibur go there, and we have Jim and Tony on Dynamite. Uh, because that's technically the main show. It's kind of like the Raw. Uh, I remember how they called it the Raw, the A show. Now, like today, the SmackDown is the A show and Raw is the B show. It's weird. Uh, <laughs> Just do Jr. and Taz. Yeah. Can I can I bring something up real quick about commentating in AEW? Sure. So th they do this weird thing, like at least. With WWF or WWE, when they stick to something, they stick to something. They don't do, like, I'm a heel, I'm going to talk heel, but then, like, commend people on things. Like, they did it back then. Like, sometimes Jesse Ventura will go, you know, he's a pretty. that was a pretty good move, I give him that. But, like, in AEW, they do it all the time. Like, you need to have a heel that's going to go, he's cheating, you know? Uh, that 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 face is doing something illegal. <laughs> they never do that. Uh, every time Jericho, when Jericho was heel, every time when he commentated, he would uh, you know, do the heel persona, but then he'll be like a face all of a sudden, where he's doing like face talking points. And same thing with Taz. Taz is a you know he has his own team, and they're all a bunch of heels and doing dirty shit, but like he'll still talk like a face on as a commentating when he's commentating. Yeah, and, and it annoys me. It takes me out of the immersion a little bit. Um, as a wrestler or as a wrestler, as a fan, <laughs> uh, because are you, are you all eight now? 
<laughs> yes, I'm all elite. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be facing Sunny Kiss all the time. Well, it should be an easy win. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like it. It. I. I think AEW needs to get away from commending people when you're a heel announcer. Well, I think some of that. That's like a symptom of like a larger problem there, which to me they have a problem with. They want to resist the the what they call the old trope, the old dynamic, you know, mm-hmm. that you face heel. But like that's that's part of wrestling's DNA. You can present it in like a more contemporary manner, mm-hmm. but like don't sit there and try to say, "Oh, there's no baby faces and heels." It's just, uh, that's a tired old trope. It's just guys being guys. Now, mm-hmm. even WWE back when they were in the attitude era tried to do that they were kind of like it's the attitude era it's shades of gray and sometimes you know like austin would do heel as shit but he was a baby face but that was the thing he started out as a heel mm-hmm. turned in the double turn and he still acted like stone cold steve austin except he would do his bad shit to people that were heels <laughs> that was all i um, hope i hope we get to the point where we, you know, when Austin goes from WCW to, I think he went to ECW for a couple of years before he went to WWF. That was like a 95. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I hope we get to a point where we get to that Brett versus Steve Austin mania match or whatever match that was. Cause that match was fucking amazing. It's one of my favorite matches of all time. Legit. Like yeah. no, no, no exaggeration, but um, yeah, they, they that's, just a symptom of a larger problem and you just point something out that i wasn't aware of because i don't watch it really mm. i'm gonna try to start watching it again when i can but they got it on fridays now and that's like weird uh that's because of playoffs pretty much yeah yeah i heard it's because of something with the nba but like uh i wasn't aware of that on commentary really so that's like something else that it's spread to is like it's in the commentary yeah because like again they'll have like and by the way, I, I give credit where credit's due. At least with AEW, they put people on the commentating team and they sound human. I mean, there are sometimes when they're switching from heel to face, like that's the immersion that takes it out of it. It's not scripted, though, like WWE. You know, when we have like they'll put like Sasha at the commentating t- table and it sounds so awkward. Like Britt Baker was in AEW when when she was on the commentating table when she was you know learning and stuff like that was awkward but she learned and she became her own in WWE when they have people at the announcing table everything has to stick to what Vince wants because he's probably screaming in your ear to say certain things very very few people there can pull that position off the guest commentator mhm yeah but yeah, that's something I'll give them too. At least they're not being like heavily produced and guided all the time. Sometimes they kind of ass off a little bit and they start making fun of t- too much of what's going on in the ring. I think sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, you, know, you know, sometimes it's like clear they don't give a shit and they're kind of just horsing around with each other because they're bored. Yeah. Like they've checked out of whatever's happening. I uh, I think they sh- shouldn't do that. <laughs> you know, sometimes if it's really shitty. And, you know, it's like something you can't save, kind of like the Bushwhackers against the fucking Beverly Brothers or something at Royal Rumble. There's no fucking say to that. So what do you think Heenan and Gorilla did? They, they tried to make the best out of a bad situation, <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> uh. um, 
I mean, I really don't have anything else to say about it. I don't know what the uh, I don't know what the contract entails. I know when Big Show came, um, he's an announcer for uh, whatever it's called, Evol- Evolution or whatever. Elevation. Yeah. AEW yeah. Dark Elevation. Yeah, which is weird because they have dark <laughs> and they have dark elevation. So there's two shows on YouTube now, and now there's two shows on Network. They're gonna have Dynamite and Rampage. So I mean, it ha- it has to dark has to be the developmental uh, shows, I guess, right? I think that's where they send the people that they regret hiring to try to run their dates out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like honestly, what it is like. Oh, we still have Joey Janela. Fuck. Okay, like fucking schedule him, book him for like five or six matches. You know, in the next month, whatever. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, Man, that's another thing, though, because you brought Big Show. It's like, why the fuck did they sign Big Show and hide him on the internet show? I, I don't know, but he was at Double or Nothing. He, By the way, oh, and he was also at the Dynamite where they did the weigh-in for uh, Cody and Anthony. Uh, 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 go Yeah, wake me up before you a go-go. Hey, uh, why are they paying for songs and they won't give Anthony a go-go wake me up before you go-go? <laughs> why won't they do that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> that would be funny, though. Damn uh, it. <laughs> but Big Show didn't know how to work a scale, by the way. And it was awkward. Um, it's like that old fucking ass scale that nobody's used for like 20 years, 20 or 30 years now. You know, with the slides and shit? Mm-hmm. I saw it, and he's like, you know, the ring's bouncing and shit because people are moving around, and he's trying to like move the slides. <laughs> Get a digital scale. I guess it's not as dramatic. It doesn't look cool. It's not like... Or he could have just made believe that he was moving the thing to say he is 200 and something pounds. Yeah. Because honestly, a lot of that audience probably doesn't even recognize that as a scale at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, they don't know what the fucking newspaper looks like either. Yeah. I th- I think eventually like, I know a lot of people give shit because they're like, Oh, it's going to be like WCW. They're buying all the old WWF people or, or WWE and stuff. And my thing is, now they have a lot of old people there that know the business, right? But it's still not showing, kind of, uh, because of the VPs, right? Um, One would assume. Yeah. And the wrestlers not being willing to listen to some people, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's good that they might be learning, maybe from Mark Henry, Big Show, um, Christian, uh, Matt Hardy. Arn uh, Anderson's there. Arn Anderson's there. Yeah. I think eventually Tony Khan's going to be like, I don't want you guys as VPs anymore <laughs> because he's, I, he's the, he's the final say. And if like, if they keep on getting these older guys, they're going to get into Tony's ear eventually and be like, Hey, you know, you're kind of hurting the product a little bit. Maybe we need to stop doing this hokey bullshit. I think Mark Henry's already kind of started in on that a little bit because he was talking about how, like, there's, there's other stuff you can do. Like, he was, like I mentioned before we got on, he was talking about how the product can be repetitive sometimes. Mm-hmm. How it's like, all the young bucks come in, they do a bunch of super kicks. He's like, that's fine, but then don't have, like, everybody else in the show doing super kicks. And then, <laughs> you know, or, or, like, other stuff. Like, he mentioned, like, they do a, a, a kidnapping angle, and then there's another kidnapping Damn, he's right. And then he said something about like, uh, 
don't know, trying to do more outreach with like the local communities when you go somewhere to like, you know, when you're, you're going to do a show at a city mm-hmm. and stuff. He was mentioning like WWE, like kind of ambassador stuff that they don't seem to really do. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, he's already kind of trying to plant those seeds, it seems like. I guess we'll see how long he lasts if he's going to have a open mind like that and or open mouth, I should say. Um, I had... Uh, fuck. I When you do watch the product again, um, hopefully the Young Bucks are not going to be like Big Show and keep on switching their face and heel, but lately they've been heels a lot. They seem definitively heel from everything I've heard. It's yeah. just... They still do mostly Young Bucks match kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yes and no. The, the match that I saw at Double or Nothing between Moxley and uh, Kingston was very grounded. It was mostly using a lot of heel tactics as well. To uh, And it was interesting. Um, I actually like what the Young Bucks made out of this. They, they kind of took the Young Bucks. I like they're all, you know cool in their outfits thing but now they're just like we're hot shit kind of thing i'm not saying they're cool i'm yeah. just saying, i'm just saying that's what they think they are cool that's what they, they yeah. they're trying to project yeah what's the deal with the spray can what is that i don't know but uh brian cutler the dd D guy which wears a mask because he got fucked up by somebody um he's like the, their water boy now and He's your bitch. Yeah. yeah, so he throws like that that can and uses it as, and sprays it in the eyes and stuff. Have they said what it is? No, they just say foreign object. That's what that, X, X that Calibre. international object. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard that come up where they keep having this gimmick with a spray can, and I get it. Like their heels will sometimes have a gimmick they use, like a a bull rope or an atomizer or a tennis racket. <laughs> yeah i'm he's got I'm, a spray can and nobody's ever said like identified what's in it yeah i'm guessing it's probably hairspray because they have long hair or whatever hair nick uh has left since his receding hairline's happening they don't uh, seem like they use the hairspray though it's like they're it's just long yeah i don't know it's uh weird. i i mean obviously i think it's water in a spray can um, well, if it's just water, it doesn't. Why does everybody act like they got hit with mace? Because they have to sell it like it's you know chemicals, <laughs> I guess maybe. God, God damn it! <laughs> they need a I don't know what it could be. It, it, I, I don't know, but I, I will say I'm a little entertained on what they're doing. Uh, but I don't want them to be champions if that makes any sense. I hope they're, I hope they are booking to give the titles to somebody. Who knows who or when. Because as long as Kenny is a title holder and he's a VP and the Young Bucks are holding it and they're the VPs, that's kind of showing that they're booking themselves to be powerhouses. And that's uh, kind of fucked up a little bit. (laughs) It's a weird situation, though, because at the same time, it's like that's what some of that fan base wanted. Yes. Because they're like, Kenny Omega's the best wrestler ever. I mean, a bunch of fucking idiots went online to defend him because Jim Ross dared to say he thought Randy Orton was the best wrestler in his opinion. Which I still believe, uh, Jim Ross, that's a good pick for that time. 
with his reasoning and the fact he's old school, Randy is old school. It mm-hmm. makes perfect sense. But uh, like, and then it was like a point I brought up before a few episodes back or something where it's like, they're serving their audience, you know, there's mm-hmm. people that want to see the young bucks do young bucks shit and be champion and be awesome. And there's people that think Kenny Omega is the best wrestler ever and want to see him be awesome and say 69 me Dawn and shit like that. Whatever. <laughs> Cut weird promos. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but yeah, so they, they kind of, it was like a catch 22 kind of thing a little bit mm. to some extent. It's, I think it's going to play out though. They can't do this forever. There has to be a long-term goal. I don't know. We'll see how they get themselves out of it or if they ever bother to. Yeah. You know, it's going to turn into a WCW thing where they're just going to be booking themselves to be winners all the time. Could be. Could be like a Hulk Hogan. Um, What else? I mean, we could slightly touch on the Leo Rush thing. So he showed up at Double or Nothing as the Joker in the Casino Royale. And people was the Joker. Yeah, like he, he came as the Joker, or he was the Joker. He was the Joker, n- n- not as Joker <laughs> like Batman, but <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. So he was. He, people popped for him because, like, holy shit, Leo Rush is here. He got treated kind of shit in uh, WWF, but uh, you know he's here now. And he did some runs in the New Japan, and then like. A week later, he fucking retired. They put, they put like a little uh, thing saying Leo Rush is retiring. And uh, you brought up he's done this before. He he has. He's gone on these weird tirades, like on his Instagram or some shit about how he has depression and he wants to quit wrestling and he hates the business or some shit. He did that after he got released from WWE. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say I don't think WWE treated him like shit because he he got like a really good opportunity, really good spot being Bobby Lashley's manager. They don't want to call him that, but that's what he fucking was. And he was great at that role. Mm -hmm. Honestly, he could and uh, like he's a pretty good wrestler in the ring, but like because as I saw later on, like despite that stupid shit he did on the Indies, like where he took like a power bomb off of the fucking ladder and went through like a table and he no sold it. Oh, he got up and no sold it. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> it, it's some show that like a, what, maybe 200 people saw or whatever, but it circulated all over the internet. Um, cause it's an outlandish, stupid ass spot. Man. But, um, he got no, you know, whatever trouble he did, which I think we mentioned before, uh, and we're talking about Mark Henry and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then he went back to NXT and then he was in the cruiserweight division when they kind of folded up the whole two Oh five live thing. Yeah. And it just made it another belt on NXT and just have good matches on there. He was in that and he was having good matches on there and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's fine. He was doing good. He was champion, I think, for a little bit there. But I think he would have got a lot further as a manager. Maybe. Because he would have stood out a lot more. Because here's my thing. I don't think Leo Rush can – this is part of, I guess, another problem in the business at large that people don't seem to understand is that, like, 
everybody thinks they can be a main event or some shit, but not everybody can be, you know? Yeah, and, and that's a that's a good thing that you bring it up because even, like, in the 80s and 90s, like, even the big dudes, like, you know, Kurt Henning, he's a, was, he, he's a mid-carder. They had a stacked fucking roster in the 80s there, the late 80s and up until, like, the 92, I want to mm. say. That's when the kind of the bottom fell out. Uh, but and that's why everybody said, oh, man, Roddy Piper was never WWF champion. You know, Ted DiBiase, Jake Roberts is, is like, fuck. I mean, yeah, they were pushing Hogan like crazy, but still. Yeah, but um, you, you, you always knew your place in the in wrestling business. Like, I mean, obviously, they gave Brett the Hitman Hart uh, an opportunity. He, he was technically... And I'm not like comparing them, but like he he's a small guy compared to all the big giants that they had back then. So that was like kind of unreal for you know someone like Brett to carry the business, and there was skepticism uh, about that. And he did that while Hogan was gone. <laughs> they were changing the product. They wanted to get away from big steroid guy wrestlers because the steroid trials. Mm. They wanted to go to more athletic smaller wrestlers i mean they're not Bret hart's not a small guy he's like six feet tall or whatever he's fucking 200 some pounds mm-hmm. Just compared to what they were pushing putting out there he's a more normal sized guy um but i leo rush's lit career i think would would have been limited as a wrestler if he really is done i think he should have pursued being a manager because he would have stood out a lot more yeah and he could do shit. He could bump because he's a wrestler. He could do crazy ass fucking bumps where he gets murdered by somebody. Like, I don't know. He could have a match. He could be a heel and beg off. And I, he, sh- he should have just thought about it differently, but he wanted to be a damn glory hound and be world champion or some shit, I guess. He had delusions like a lot of wrestlers do nowadays. Yeah, but like if you're if you're wanting to be a world champion, you have a better chance being a world champion on AEW than WWE <laughs> So, he would, yeah, yeah, he would. So, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he, <laughs> maybe he didn't know Mark Henry was going to be announced. So, like, he he showed up at Double or Nothing and then Mark. Henry... <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's what it was. Mm-hmm. He saw Mark Henry back there, and he's like, "Fuck, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have to quit now. I can't be here." <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, if he is really quitting, uh, really retiring, and actually being with his family, then you know, good luck. Um, but I'm pretty sure we're gonna see him again. <laughs> Probably, he's doing Mick Foley retirement plan. Yeah, what's up, Gunzy? How's it going? Um, what's up, brother? Brother. Uh, so what's the next news we're gonna talk about? I got I got a couple items here. I got uh, Mickey James appeared on the after show for the recent NWA power. She's working with NWA now. Mm -hmm. And uh, she announced that she was going to produce an all women's pay-per-view event with Billy Corgan and NWA and all that. By the way, Billy Corgan, when he speaks, he's funny when he speaks. He's like, oh, and we're going to have... With all my heart and my pride, we're bringing back the NWA in St. Louis. And I'm like, let's fucking put more passion into Billy Corgan. (laughs) 
Billy's a very soft-spoken guy. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> that's kind of how he's always been. Uh, but this is cool, uh, I think. Like, it has potential, maybe. Because Mickey was talking about before she got released, they moved her into more of a backstage role in WWE. So I guess she was becoming like a producer or something. Mm-hmm. And apparently she was one of the people backstage that would keep pushing for like, we should do another evolution. That was cool. People really liked it. And it, people did really like it. And the, they just didn't seem interested in trying to do that again for some reason, even though it got received so well. Um, that's not something you should do every year, I think. Uh, but that is something I think they should do every once in a while to make it extra special. Mm-hmm. Cause that would work. Like if it was like a once every other year kind of thing. Well, when is that like, uh, that fake holiday about women's national day or whatever? I don't even know because I've lost track of all the made up bullshit holidays and corporate approved pat me on the back so I can get some, so you buy my product shit months and everything. Yeah, like there, there's a month like it's for women or whatever. Like you should do it on that month, right? Makes sense. I yeah, I guess. Um, but yeah, uh, now she's doing it with them though, and I guess we'll see what comes of it. Do you think AEW is gonna collab with them? They might. They're collaborating already. That's a pretty good point. Mm. So they have been. Thunder Rosa is technically kind because of, she's been like she's on the ranking by the way they're whatever ranking system that they have she works for both companies I guess yeah so and, and you know she's like been bothering Britt Baker since they had that like fucking hardcore match so great <laughs> who knows maybe maybe Britt Baker would be like I, you know what? I hope they don't do this because that means Britt Baker might win the championship. And then they're going to be like Kenny and fucking Britt Baker have like all the belts and stuff. That's going to be stupid. <laughs> but, but I was Wait, just, Britt, Britt Baker already has a title. No, no, I know. But they would she they would do like what Kenny Omega is doing and going to fucking other companies and taking their belts and shit. Oh, no. You mean if Mickey took that belt? I'm confused. You lost me. I don't know no, what, what you mean. <laughs> I'm I'm saying like if Britt Baker showed up into the all women's NWA uh, fucking uh, pay per view, because yeah. I, I have a feeling they're gonna do what maybe a, a tournament or something for the the belt. Oh wait, no, they already have somebody. Never mind. I'm they haven't. Yeah, they haven't said anything about what they're planning to do. Just that they're going to do something. Um, but I can see Mickey working it. Uh, cause she's not done. I think she's made that fairly clear. Mm-hmm. Um, who else, I, you, you mentioned they got the working relationship with AEW. So some of them could show up. That'd be cool if Britt Baker showed up. I like her. Uh, Nyla Rose shows say, up I, and loses. Who? Nyla Rose shows up and loses to another Asian or some, somebody way smaller. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> she's the big show. Okay. <laughs> But no, like the only thing about this is like Mickey was saying some stuff. She made some recent comments that kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit where she was saying like, I'm sick of this always being like the good old boys and the men being all at the table, like kind of controlling like the way the business goes and stuff. 
Who said that? Mickey did. Um, I'm paraphrasing. That's essentially what she said. And it kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit because I felt like she was being like, oh, I've been held down. And I, yeah, I, been, I bet in WWE you kind of were because she said she was coming up with ideas all the time and nobody would listen to her. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, I believe that in that environment because a bunch of people have said that. But um, like throughout wrestling, there's it's not always been just guys in control of everything. Mm-hmm. There is uh, okay, and more recent examples: Dixie Carter. She was awful, but but she had a wrestling company um, for a while, and that, and that <laughs> should prove something, right? <laughs> yeah, they had to like rip it from her cold dead hands. It was so difficult, <laughs> but it finally happened, and now TNA is like the witness protection program, what or whatever. <laughs> like, um. See, I, I I don't mind Mickey James or any type of women being at the table. Um, I was gonna say there's more. There's more positive examples. There's yeah. Christine Jarrett. That's Jeff Jarrett's uh, grand grandmother. She basically ran a territory for several years. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was uncommon. There was um, Matoko Baba. That's Giant Baba's wife. She was very influential in all Japan pro wrestling. She was on the business side of stuff a lot. Um, Mula, Mula's not really a positive example, but she was somebody that had a lot of influence. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's some of that stuff, but I was going to say another thing I thought about was in this business, not till like very recently, a lot of the women that have been in it to me, it seemed like when they reach the end of their in ring career or whatever, they cash out and go do something else. They, they retire fairly early, like women tend to do in careers anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they don't seem to show an interest in transitioning into a backstage role or becoming a producer or, or something, something that has to do with the other side of the business. That hasn't been until very recently where that started to happen a little bit, where you have like female trainers and, People like Beth Phoenix on commentary, she still wrestles occasionally, but she's kind of done being an in-ring competitor. Female referees now. Female referees. That kind of stuff's only just started to happen. Whereas before, nobody ever seen, none of the girls that ever did shoot interviews or anything ever talked about, I wanted to be on the writing team. I wanted to be an agent. Oh, because most of them want to be stars, right? They're like... They just they just get done and go home and go do something else. Like just that's cool if she wants to do that she wants to do something different still be in wrestling it's just don't say well it's never happened before because mm. i just don't think the interest level was ever there it's not like a lot of the guys who seem to just really guys get bit by the bug more where they want to stay in it and can i be honest like mickey james is cool like I liked her when she first came to WWE and everything, but like I've always I've always liked her. She's great. Yeah, she's great, but like I take your take take your career and either you know try to help out in any way because I I hate that too because like they always go you know either the man or a type of race is running the, the show. It's like no, they're just running a show what they want it to be. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure they'll take input. Um, maybe not WWE because Vince is always wants yes men or yes women to, you know, tell him, you know, his ideas are great and everything. And when they're not, 
but like you know you go to AEW or NWA you're still going to have men at the table because it's going to sound like bad but like they don't know how to put a, a a good match with men together in my opinion I don't know I've never seen that really happen like yeah. you know I mean I don't think I don't think Christine Jarrett really hard booked anything and like I said Matoko Baba was mostly in the business side of all Japan, but she's still heavily involved in it. Um, but I mean, she did work with talent, like negotiating, Oh, for guys to come over and wrestle and shit, but that that's about the extent of it. I think, I think they uh, all, I think they all see like, they want to become like Stephanie McMahon. Like she's like, she, she's like an ambassador of like women's wrestling for the corporate side and stuff. Like she's a face and everything. And I think that's what a lot of women think that they're going to become when they go backstage. Like, they're going to be this big figure. I and, think some do. Yeah. I think Mickey really wants to do something, though, because what Stephanie doesn't really do that. She's not involved with the hard uh, nuts and bolts of the business, really. You mm-hmm. know, she's more of she's a chief brand officer. She's she's an ambassador for the WWE brand. She does all that outreach to all the charities and all the stuff, etc. I think Mickey wants to be part in the nuts and bolts. She wants to be involved in making the the business and the shit work. I mean, let me, I I gotta see Fight TV. I gotta see what they do with uh, NWA. Who's we'll the see. Who's the announcers? Joe Joe Gallo and who else? Because uh, um, what's-his-face is with NXT now, right? Yeah, Barrett left. Stu Bennett left. I don't know who they got now, actually. Um, Probably a female, right? I don't think so. I don't know. Oh, we'll have to see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I hope she does whatever they're, they're doing. I hope it's cool. I hope it works. I hope it's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of that, I don't got much else to say. Man, uh, what's the next news? There's uh, rumors of WWE is considering bringing Alistair back, Alistair uh, Black back already after releasing him a few weeks ago. He, <laughs> he's been on his uh, wife's Twitch channel, like talking to people and like telling stories and stuff. And like he's been very like people are just like, oh, fuck WWE and like do other stuff like he he could literally he could make. Here's the thing. WWE to me feels like a job security thing, like uh, like a government job <laughs> in a way because you have security. Uh, it does, yeah. And like when you're not with the WWE, it's all like freelance, right? Well, even though like WWE is freelance and all that stuff, uh, but at least you have more opportunities to like make money. If you could work the indies and all that stuff and AEW and NWA, you could make bank. Uh, it, can't, it can be like I think the closest thing you could get to like a really solid concrete deal anymore would be like get into AEW and don't be on a handshake or verbal agreement actually be signed mm-hmm. or go to Japan yeah be in New Japan and that's kind of it yeah and I think I think WWE saw that by the way they're like oh shit maybe Alistair Black we should never let him go because he, you know, he could be a, the next big thing, and we just we just let him loose. 
I don't I don't know if he could have or not. He I know he had a lot of potential, and I I was always afraid that oh, when they got him off NXT, like Vince wouldn't get him or the writers wouldn't get him because he's not what I would call like a how to put this. Uh, he's kind of a unique talent. He's not like a prototypical. I'm an awesome big physically impressive looking wrestler he and he doesn't even really look like the new kind of wrestler like i'm the super athletic crossfit wrestler that can do all the flips and shit and he does flips he does dives he does like that really nice moonsault off the ropes and he does do some su- tope suicidas Ugh, <laughs> but a lot of his shit is like striking and like martial arts kind of shit and mma type yeah, uh, and he does good holds and stuff too. He he's, but that's mostly what he's good at. That's what he puts out. You know, nobody he, really wrestles like that. You know who what he reminds me of, and this is recently because he's been talking a lot in the, the Twitch channel on like ideas that he was bringing up, and obviously creative was like, "Not that stupid. We're not gonna do it. We're gonna like make it our own uh, in your sort of way." Mm-hmm. But like how he was like explaining things. Kind of reminds me of like Mick Foley with all his like different personalities and creative mind and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I, I I could totally see him taking something like a gimmick and making it making it a good thing. It's just that you know you can't have Vince touch it and be like he needs to be a vampire and we need to put the creaking every time he does the the coffin thing. I think that's what he was doing though. He was in the midst of doing that because. Yeah. Vince had this idea for him that he really wanted him to do, which is what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And he had put all this thought into it and it seemed like he was committed to trying to make it work. Yeah. Uh, and what happened happened. Uh, but I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens to Aleister Black. It's like I said, he was one of the guys who got released. It's like uh, if anybody had a brain, they would try to get him as soon as they could. Yeah, because I I think what probably scared WWE as well is that Andrade is on AEW now. Yep, and uh, he's a good wrestler. Mm-hmm. Um, his promos are, eh, eh. That's mostly because his English isn't that good. Well, Vicky Guerrero apparently is going to be his manager. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but, uh, like. I, I'm a fan of his in the ring, though. He's he's great. The only thing I never liked that he did was when he would do that stupid shit. He would charge across the ring, stop, and scream at somebody and slap them in the face. <laughs> I always fucking hated it that he did that. It made no sense. I, I really I really liked uh, when he was teaming up with that other Spanish dude that was like, a, a I guess, a Val Venus of the group or whatever. Angel Garza? Yeah. And, like, I really liked because it, like, caused tension between them because... I always, I don't know, I'm weird, maybe because I'm a dude, because I'm like, oh, that's a hot Spanish chick being their manager. <laughs> and oh, like, you mean when Zelina was with them? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I think that's what they were kind of going for, and um, everybody seemed to like Angel Garza, and it, they could have had something there, but mm-hmm. again, those things that happened, they happened. <laughs> um, the last thing I have here is there's rumors going around that WWE's really wanting to pump up SummerSlam for this year. And I, I'd always kind of predicted, I thought there was rumors going back last year mm-hmm. that they were really looking at SummerSlam next year to be like the big 
this is it. We got all the fans. Everything's back to normal. Woo! Like, you know. Yeah. And they just revealed, like, in July was when they were going to start doing shows with fans again, um, which is good. And uh, I guess they they want to be they want SummerSlam to be WrestleMania for this year is what's going around. Somebody and, somebody made a dream uh, card here, so <laughs> they put Reigns versus Cena, which that is rumored, right? That's something that people are talking about, yeah. All right, there's Lesnar versus Lashley. Ooh, they should have done this for a while, but like now's the time to do it because Lashley's got the belt. But it's going to be weird because he's like a heel. Yeah, I don't know how this one, because uh, this person put McIntyre versus Finn Balor. Why? Uh, I, I don't know. Again, <laughs> like I said, it's a Dream SummerSlam card. Which Yeah, yeah, I, I know. I'm just, I'm just kind of picking apart. Edge versus Brian, Daniel Bryan. That, that could be really cool. And I don't think that ever happened. Yeah. Uh, Bianca Belair versus Banks again, I guess. A rematch with a bigger crowd would probably. Um, sure, I guess. Becky Lynch returned against Bailey. Um, That's why I think she'll show back up. If she doesn't show back up, then I don't fucking know when. <laughs> <laughs> she'll be a mommy forever. Uh, Seth Rollins versus Big E. Uh, Why? I don't know. That's what he put. <laughs> uh, I haven't been keeping up. Is Big E the Intercontinental Champion still? I That's the last time I heard. I think so. Uh, Orton and Riddle, RK Bro, uh, versus Almost and Styles. Oh, the, the big black dude in Styles. Hmm. Somebody had a really good idea I saw where they said Edge should team up with Randall and Riddle, and then it could be rated RK Bro. Make it happen. <laughs> Make a stable of that. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, he put Uso. Oh, the Usos versus the Mysterios. Uh, okay. Apollo Cruz versus Cesaro. No, Apollo Cruz is the Continental Champion. I'm sorry. Okay, so he he won it for Big E at WrestleMania. In a Ugandan d- drum match or whatever the fuck. It was weird. Do, do you know about the stuff they've been doing with Apollo Crews lately? He has an accent now? He's you, he's from Uganda now. Oh, God. Now, I think, uh, I, like, I don't, I don't, whatever. I'm not going to say that. Because I, I, as soon as I thought it, I was like, no, that's fucking retarded. There's no way that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, yeah, they started, like, a, a, it's like coming to America or some shit. They started doing with them. Oh, yeah, no. I guess Vince never saw coming to America. And he's like, that movie is fucking hilarious. <laughs> what if we made Apollo Crews from Uganda all of a sudden? <laughs> and like, he has like Ugandan shield warriors and shit. And he has like an accent now. It's like reverse Kofi Kingston. Like Kofi Kingston started out as fake Jamaican and shit. And then yeah. Just became normal. They, I mean, <laughs> they were, again, this is another thing that WWE does badly. Is like they build somebody like they were building big e right and eventually he did become the intercontinental champion but then they just like drop him like a toy they gave they gave it up to apollo cruz I, no, I like apollo cruz and i th- i feel like he's been very misused mm-hmm. since getting out of nxt and you know maybe part of the problem is is he can't project a personality that good you know 
being in the ring or working with some of that shit fucking content they give him to deliver. Yeah. Uh, maybe Apollo Crews does need a gimmick. I don't know if this is it, <laughs> but like, you know, it's kind of dumb. It's this feels like something we would be seeing on raw now. Yeah. And then there is Sami Zayn versus Owens, which. Okay. I, I guess. I don't, I don't want to see that again. They just did it. They just did it at WrestleMania. I think. Yeah. Why, why would we do it again? I have no idea, but I don't know. Um, Reigns versus Cena is like the, the big thing everybody's talking about, though. I truly think SummerSlam, they need to make like a big reset kind of thing going on where they just keep some things. Like, obviously, Roman Reigns, he needs to be the head of uh, the Samoan mafia thing. The, that he the head of the table shit, because that's yeah. like the only thing they do that anybody likes right now. Yeah. And it's, it's good. He's good in that role. He's great. He's been a great heel and shit. Everything he does is good. And then you got shit like Alexa Bliss is scared Shane of Baszler with a fucking doll, and it's awful. <sighs> that was I watched that. That was bullshit. What the fuck? Shane Baszler can't act too. Like one, <sighs> it, it sh- she shouldn't be acting because they should be wrestling. Stop! Stop with this fiend bullshit. The fiend bullshit is way overused now, and I don't. Frankly, it's over. It's fire, fucking over. Fire Bray Wyatt. Whoa! Just get get him get get him off, dude. Because Every, like literally, everybody really likes him though. That's what's fucked up. It's it, like now, not everybody. You know, there's people that have turned on the gimmick because, and then there's some people that never liked it to begin with because they thought it was too much. You know, but that was me because in the beginning when he was like literally not like didn't like the whole uh didn't Seth like hit him with a big object where he should have died. But he didn't die. He hit him with a goddamn toolbox. Like, a big fucking toolbox full of tools to put the ring together. Mm-hmm. And shit, he was hitting him with a goddamn sledgehammer on the toolbox and chairs. That's where a lot of people started turning on the gimmick was that Hell in a Cell match. Yeah. Because he was, like, no-selling weapon shots and shit. Like, the thing where he just showed up at SummerSlam like that and he beat Finn Balor, pretty much everybody... Nobody had anything bad to say about that, really. I think everybody seemed to really like it. But, uh, I, I liked the the fan theory gimmick that was happening where he would face off against people that were faces, and then, like, next month they would turn heel. Cause remember, it's, like he, it's like he fixed them. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, Fit Balor, like, went up to the main roster, lost his personality, and was just kind of like a guy on the card after... He won the title and got injured that same night. Mm-hmm. He just never was the same after that. And uh, then he went back to NXT and he was like, I'm the fucking prince. And he was like badass. And he was like working awesome again, like real stiff and shit. And everybody just loved everything he was doing. Yeah. Uh, I I, I would have ran with that theory if I was creative. I mean, don't do it to everybody because that would be retarded. No. But, like you would have to, you know, uh, pick your you know, people that are just, <laughs> they're not doing good as what they are. And, uh, that's where like, you know, the John Cena thing happened, uh, that, that weird John Cena moment, whatever. That Whatever that was. Yeah. Yeah. But he's, he's the eraser. 
when, when crate is fucked up for somebody and they don't know what the fuck to do with them and they have to repackage them pal or something i mean we kind of got it right he's john china now ha <laughs> john china john china so i don't know I, I I'll keep an eye on the SummerSlam on how they build it, but if if if, if it's just like how they do everything with WWE, where just like their shit build, but their pay per view is fucking good, um, that doesn't mean anything to me because so what? You have a a great pay per view, but you can't put on a good show. That's all that. WWE is now. It's just moments. Yeah. Moments in time where things are really good, and then they're fleeting, like tears mm-hmm. in rain, and they're gone. And you, you remember it, but it's gone now. <laughs> gone, gone, gone. <laughs> would you want to see Cena and Reigns, though? You kind of were talking like you didn't really want to see that before we got on. I would rather see Rock versus Reigns, but you brought up a good point that Rock is more demanding as an actor than John Cena. Um, I wouldn't mind it, but... I mean, Cena has been taking the pins. He's not a Hulk Hogan. I, he's 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 proven that, right? He, he does. Was, he was Hulk Hogan for a while. Yeah. And then he was like, okay, now I'm gonna like just lose a bunch and try to have like matches people care about and shit. And it worked. It pretty much worked. So I the think second half of his career there. So I I, I think it can happen. Um, what do you think is gonna happen though? Do you think they're going to take the belt off of Reigns to have Cena run with it a little bit and then Reigns to take it back? No, Cena would put Reigns over. That's what I think would happen. Okay. Because Cena would come back and be like, guys, I'm back. Wow. And then, like, maybe people won't boo him. (laughs) And, like, I would have said before everybody would have been happy to see John, but, like, after this weird fast and furious china shit i'm not real sure i'm mm. real curious to see how people would react to him now uh but i might be overthinking it but like um yeah i would think cena would come in and then reigns would be like you're back now go ahead and get out of here do your little you know promotional match to promote your movie and leave and he's like no i want to wrestle he's like you don't want that <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to wrestle you don't want to wrestle me or some shit. Whatever they do, they'll, they'll do it well. And then Paul Heyman will say some shit, and it'll be awesome. And what about this? Now he doesn't face Rock, right? But Rock <laughs> does something, whether it be via satellite or uh, in person, where he tries to help out Reigns, maybe. Um, and Reigns takes offense to that after he went beat Cena. And they make a storyline out of, you know, I didn't really need your help. I don't need The Rock's help. That could build into that, maybe. Yeah. I've always heard, like, yeah, they want to do another match with those two. Or, or, I mean, with Rock and Roman. That never happened before. I said those two. Mm. Think about Rock and Cena. But um, I would think, yeah, it would just build to Rock losing. Mm-hmm. To put Reigns, because that's what you do now. He's in, He's in that position where people would buy him beating a lot of people, you know? Yeah. Nobody would resist it anymore because it's just done so well now. I want to see the crowd, though, because we he turned heel pretty much during the pandemic. Um, yeah. And we never got a, a organic crowd cheering. So 
I mean, let's see how he does. Or even if he yeah. gets booze, but like the good booze, meaning he's a heel and he's getting booed. That's when you know you're doing good. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Like I said, it, the build has to be good. It can't just be like, and we're this superstar comes back for one match and, you know, we signed Daniel Bryan. Like, did, did he resign yet? Nobody knows. Oh. <laughs> so it's still it's still up in the air. That might be a like a week before SummerSlam kind of deal or whatever. Maybe. And they'll be like, who am I going to face at SummerSlam? And then, yes, yes, yes. And then he comes out, whatever. Maybe. But let's get into some WWF Raw, unless you have any more news to talk about. No. All right, let's do some Raw. April 5th, 1993. One day after WrestleMania. Yeah, let me get to my spot on my notes, but you could start off. Uh, what yeah. happened? We're back at the Manhattan Center, and uh, it's Vince and Macho Man on commentary, it seems. Only. And yeah, and then like as the show progresses, I'm like, is he gone? Is he gone? And yes, he for the most part, he was not on this show. They just did that thing where somebody calls into the show to say some stuff mm-hmm. with him for like one match and then very briefly after another commercial break, but Rob Bartlett was not on this show for the most part. And it was a lot better for it. <laughs> and macho man was happy. He seemed very happy and he really didn't want him to come back. <laughs> he talked more, by the way, I don't know if you know, like macho man, when he was on the three man team, like he talked more at mania with the three man team uh, because he could feed off of Bobby. Um, but he can't feed off of Bartlett at all. Cause he's fucking weird and he's not, you know, yeah, he's not a commentator. He's not part of this business. So it's like he doesn't know. He's just out there saying shit mm-hmm. it, it pretty much. But uh, Macho was vocal throughout this yeah. whole show. It was great. It was a lot better. If it was just Vince and, and Savage, it'd be fine. And there was a lot of what a maneuvers where Macho Man would go. That's this move. <laughs> Vince. That's, uh, that's this move, Vince. Yeah, <laughs> it's this flex. Some would call that a suplex, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we started off with Virgil and Bam Bam Bigelow, and I was like, "Fucking Virgil, really? All right." Well, I want to bring something up real quick because Vince and Macho Man were hyping up Raw, uh, uh, Mania, uh, before the show on what happened, and then during this match, uh, which was kind of interesting because, yes, it's Virgil. Virgil sucks. Um, Bam Bam B- Bigelow, fucking awesome. Um, but like throughout this whole match, they were just talking about Rob Bartlett lost in Vegas, uh, Macho the, Man putting the Hitman over. Uh, Macho Man's not Toga. Yeah, not Toga. He kept saying he had a Toga, but he never did. He was just whatever. <laughs> my my favorite line is yeah. All the people in the back told me I was pretty. <laughs> <laughs> they were talking about like the the, the controversy uh, at at the after the main event and like how there was Hulk Hogan's champion and Mr. Fuji is protesting even though he issued the challenge. Yes. How there's going to be an investigation? It's like what's there to fucking investigate? I guess the only thing that you could really investigate is that. Mr. Fuji did not have the ability to make that match 
Mm-hmm. And there was no contract. It wasn't an officially sanctioned match. But we we both know what actually happens. Hulk Hogan holds the belt till King of the Ring, mm-hmm. and he, which is in two months from now. He he drops it back to Yoko then. That makes me angry, man. That that totally makes me angry. Then it was like, what the point? Why not just have Yoko hold it? Or if you wanted, I guess you, it's Mania, so they wanted to put Hogan over. He politicked it, like you said. It's- he politicked it. It's dumb. Now, I will say, when I watched the the documentary for Yokozuna uh, they put out this year, it looked like Hogan put him over pretty good in it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, maybe the match will be, you know, all right. We'll see. We'll see when we get there. Yes. But uh, I don't have a whole lot to say about this match because uh, it wasn't good, and it went on way longer than it should have because it's ver- – excuse me, it's Virgil. Against Bam Bam Bigelow. Mm-hmm. Virgil's nobody at this point. Like, Virgil's been a singles guy ever since he broke off from DiBiase sometime within the last year or two or whenever that was. Somewhere within the last two years. And he's fucking done nothing. He's just lost to people. Um, was that baseball slide a botch, by the way? Maybe. <laughs> there was a couple things that didn't look so great in this match. Uh, I, I wrote like Virgil works Bam Bam's arm and dodges him. He does some drop kicks, and the crowd starts chanting "Virgil sucks" at him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's just starting to do his babyface shit. It's just no, they don't fucking like Virgil. <laughs> uh, and then he goes for a crucifix, but then Bam Bam reverses it and he gains control. He does a smoke drop, and this goes on too long, and Bam Bam gets some heat. I call that a Bamoa drop. A Bamoa drop. <laughs> he gets bear hugs and chin locks and nobody cares about Virgil including me and I'm not invested in this match and, and he's so bad that it makes me not want to see Bam Bam Bigelow beat him because it's too long if yeah. Bam Bam just like if he tried to do his baby face shit and then they chanted Virgil sucks and then Bam Bam like I don't know press slams him onto the floor <laughs> and then picks his ass back up and like I don't know Samoa drops him or headbutts him and does the headbutt. Great, <laughs> that's what should have happened. But uh, no, he does like Virgil tries to come back. He does like a sloppy top rope clothesline that sucked, and then a missile drop kick that wasn't good. And he some punches, and he goes for crossbody, crashes and burns. And then Bam Bam just fucking levels the shit out of him with a clothesline and does the headbutt for three. I, I, I was kind of hoping he would do a moonsault because Bam Bam does a moonsault. I don't know if Vince, I don't know if he's done it there yet. Oh. I, you know, maybe he'll do that later. I think he does that to, does he do that to Lawrence Taylor? I think so. Fuck, I haven't seen that in so long, I don't remember. <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, I give this 4 out of 10 because it was boring. Give it a 4.5 out of 10. Uh, the commentary so, uh even though they weren't talking about the match that much, I enjoyed watching it. It was entertaining with the commentary. Yeah, Vince and Macho did good, like I thought they would. I kept saying, like, if you get this fucking Joker out of here, like, the commentary will improve dramatically. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Bam Bam held up his end of the deal as best he could with fucking Virgil. It's just, it's dull. Mm-hmm. Uh after this, Jerry Lawler comes out to have a match. This is the first time he's had a 
match in WWE at this point. Yes. And he looks all perturbed and disgusted with this rabble in this arena. <laughs> and he gets a mic and he says, like, I'm the king of wrestling and everyone boos him. And they start calling him Burger King. And he gets annoyed and he's like, if y'all call me Burger King again, you idiots, I'm leaving. I'm not going to wrestle. And they keep saying Burger King and he's just looking around. And he gets pissed off. And he's like, fine. And he just drops the mic and leaves. He goes to the back. So I want to I want to say this this is taped, right? WWF Raw and WCW Saturday Night is live, right? No, they're both taped. At hmm. this point, Raw's not live. Yeah, the, the, it's Raw was taped up until like '98. I want to say it's interesting what happens in this Raw and then happens in WCW Saturday Night with the Paula thing because it kind of feeds off on what Jerry did. He's like, if you say that one more time, I'm leaving, and then something happens in WCW. That's I think I think it was just happenstance. Yeah, because both shows were taped. Mm-hmm. So it was just a dumb, weird trick of fate that that happened within the same week. Because I wrote the same thing when I watched Saturday Night. I'm like, they just did an angle where some guy was mad because somebody was chanting at him and he he threatened to not wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, anyway, uh, Yoko and Mr. Fuji protesting. Uh, I wrote that. Yeah, with Mean Gene, and Mean Gene did all the talking pretty much. Yeah, because uh, Fuji can't. He can say some stuff. His English isn't that good. <laughs> I, I I wrote down all Fuji was doing is yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. And then Yoko was like being fat and angry, mm-hmm. and he was taking his he was undoing his belt. He said something in Japanese, I think, and then looked mad. Yep, which is fine. And then Mean Gene says, "Jack Tony, you got old explaining to do or something like that." Pretty much. What did they do this like at Caesar's Palace? Did they tape this after the fact and just put it in the show because they still had the WrestleMania nine set with the Caesar bust back there? And I think so. Yeah, I just thought it was strange. I'm like, they must have filmed this after the fact and just put it on Raw. Yeah, because uh, I think they were just pro- they they're like you have to do it like you're angry because you just had this you know happen to you and that's what they probably happened. Um. Vince talks about we may hear an answer from Jack Tunney on the hotline or I I think main event or something like that. Everybody had a hotline back then. There's the WCW hotline where you could you could talk to Ric Flair on the fucking hotline, brother. Mm-hmm. And then like you could talk to Shawn Michaels on the hotline or you could hear from Jack Tunney and shit. That must have been awkward, dude. Like just as like a person, just as a wrestler, be like, "Hey, what's up? This is Trod Michaels," and like them having a conversation. I honestly, like, I've heard snippets of it. Like, there's been people that like recorded some shit, mm-hmm. and I think I remember hearing one where it was Sean, and he was just in character the whole oh. time, pretty much. Well, that's cool. All right. Yeah, it's like it's like kayfabe, and while you're on the phone, because people still gave a shit about that back then. <laughs> and it was like it was interesting i don't know just have the undertaker on the phone rest no. in peace no one should starve to death <laughs> go get some arby's <laughs> now we have kimchi versus bob backland bob backland being bob black and blackland uh bob, bob back <laughs> bob backland as usual what the fuck is kimchi by the way 
that's what we've I've said that before because Kimchi showed up some in something else recently in the shit we've been watching. Mm-hmm. I know it was, it was when with Kamala. That's what it was when they were doing stuff with Kamala because Kimchi used to be Kamala's manager. By the way, that's the Brooklyn Baller. By the way, I don't think Brooklyn Brawler was always Kimchi because, like, I noticed him when he was dressed up as Kimchi. Mm-hmm. He looked a little bigger. And like a little bit more in shape than the last per last time I saw him. And by the way, Kimchi's gear, he must be whoever's in there in that must be sweating their balls off, dude. Yeah, because he's wearing like a safari jacket, long pants, and boots, and like a fucking mask with a hat. How does that hat stay on? I have no idea. <laughs> what the hell? Because he wrestled a match with Backlund and like did some shit, and I didn't know Kim Chi ever wrestled. It's weird. Maybe they're just like Kim Chi's gonna wrestle. It's like, but he's a manager. Listen, pal, we're shorthanded. We need just put him out there with Backlund. Fuck it. <laughs> By the way, Bob Backlund is surprised that he got a small pop. People were cheering for him. He, he's like, yeah, you know. I heard booze though. I also heard booze. Yeah, there was booze in there, but in the beginning, like they were, you know, cheering him, and then obviously that must have been all the marks, probably. Um, there were some marks. That Northeast market back then, it was starting to become more smart. It was, mm. it was growing. The smartness level of it was growing. Yeah. Uh, this, I don't care. They wrestle, they do some scoop slams, and Backlund does his leg sweeps and his goofy dance shit, you know. And Kim Chi, Brooklyn Brawler, does some heel wrestling shit to get heat. You know, he just does some chin locks and some deliberate paced elbow drops. Mm-hmm. And they do a shoot off, and Kim Chi goes down for a monkey flip, and then Backlund bridges over with a headstand and gets three. I said this was a match. It was boring. It, there was nothing technically wrong with it. It was just fucking boring. And it had two guys in it nobody gave a fuck about. Uh, I wrote, they did like, Vince and Macho Man did their, you know, uncut and all that stuff. And then Macho Man says, unbartlet. <laughs> <laughs> he kept fighting. Like, I think he forgot he was supposed to say uncensored one time. Uncut. Un, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then Vince is like, yeah. <laughs> He's just, <laughs> you know it, pal. <laughs> but three out of ten. I gave it a four out of ten because I was like, it was boring, but it was still a match. I didn't have a problem with it. It wasted my time. That was my problem with it. Well, that's why I gave it a four. If it was in a match and it was nothing wrong with it, I would have given it a five. But since Bob Backlund was in it, I gave it a four. <laughs> it was double wrong. Rob Bartlin um, is on the phone talking about. You know, crap. I have I have no money. Your check bounced. He's like, did it really? And he's like, no, I just spent it all. <laughs> it, I I will admit that was that segment is funny, uh, and I hope it's even more funny that he never shows up again. Like this is the last time we see him. But they'd say, yeah. but they say they, he he's gonna show up next week. But maybe he won't. I hope not. That would be the best way to write him off TV. They lost Rob Bartlett in Vegas, and he just never shows up again. Yeah. <laughs> Unless they go back to Vegas, and he's still there. And he's all disheveled and shit. He has, like, kind of a shitty beard. Mm-hmm. He's poor. He's dirty. That would be great. 
Um, up next is Damian Demento against Jumpin' Jim Brunzel. And Jim Brunzel is uh, a veteran, by the way, because Macho Man kept on bringing it up. Jim Brunzel uh, was part of the Killer Bees, I think. Oh, okay. That tag team in the 80s. I'm going to look that up so I'm not like a fucking dumbass. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I will say some things about this. Um, why is <laughs> why is Damien Demento still a thing in WWF? Um, I, don't know. I don't know what the fuck his gimmick's supposed to be. I don't know, but I wrote voices again. They talk to me because <laughs> they kept on bringing it up. He's hearing voices and shit. Um, I was right. Jumping Jim Brunzel was part of the Killer Bees with uh, B. Brian Blair, who's the guy that the Iron Sheik really fucking hates. <laughs> Brian B. Blair, no good son of a bitch, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Brian B. Blair infamously knocked out Dynamite Kid backstage one time. Oh, shit. Uh, because, well, because he was an asshole. Uh, he did something, and it was like, you know, it pissed him off, so he got like a roll of quarters and fucking hit him in the head with it and knocked his ass out. <laughs> just, I, just, I just wanted to say that because it's more interesting than this match. <laughs> now, this, this match... Like, it was full of punches, then there were submissions, and then, like, Jim Brunzel tries to, like, pick up the pace a little bit. Uh, he gave it his best. He, was, he actually did shit that was like, oh my, he did a drop kick, and he was trying to do some babyface shit, but it's, like, it's Demento. He sucks. Yeah, I, I popped for the atomic drop again. <laughs> you just love the atomic <laughs> drop now. It's yeah. Like <laughs> Dude, if they ever do that, like, in wrestling today i'd probably pop because nobody why does wouldn't it. you why would you not do that move it hurts it makes perfect sense yeah your fucking like balls hurt and shit if no that's if you do the manhattan drop the one where they face you when you do it mm -hmm. the the tongue drop is you drop their ass on your knee yeah and it like compresses your spine it's like you hit their tailbone or some shit rick rude sells the atomic drop the best though Yes. <laughs> it's like crippling. And then... Uh, yeah, go on. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I mean, there was a neck breaker and, and then a knee and a pin, but, like, nobody cheered at all. Nobody, nobody cares about Damian Demento, and I think at this point, Jumping Jim Brunzel has, like, no heat as a baby face, and he's just, like, kind of there. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's just... It was just a match with guys. That's what like a lot of this show was up to a certain point. It was just matches to have matches with, with guys to fill time is what it, it felt like filler. Mm -hmm. What'd you give uh, it? I I have to, I forgot the finish sucked. Uh, Demento did this shit. Like they made sure the camera saw this. He was fucking with his knee pad mm -hmm. and he did a knee drop and he got a pin. <laughs> and I'm like, so are you saying his knee pad was loaded? Where did he get that from? Because we didn't see him reach into his trunks for anything. Or nobody threw him a plate. He just fucked with his knee pad a little bit, did a knee drop, and he beat him. Man, maybe he has like a powerful knee. He's like Lex Luger. He has a, a metal plate on his knee. <laughs> and it, that controversial knee. 
Uh, I gave it 3.25 out of 10 because Jumpin' Jim Brunzel tried, damn it. I gave it a 3.9. Because it it was boring. Uh, Like, the only thing I... The only reason I gave it a... uh, Because it was at a 3, I gave it a 0.9 because of Jim Brunzel, pretty much. Jim Brunzel, you're the only reason why it got a quarter of a point Mm -hmm. for me. Um... (laughs) We come back and Jerry Lawler comes back out to try to have his match again. Yes. And they call him Burger King again and he gets mad and he leaves. And I said, no, wait, King, come back because I'm sick of this show now at this point. Mm-hmm. And he's like entertaining and he he, he left. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good build. It's a good build. It pays off. Yeah. This is where the show starts to get better. Well, they... Uh, the the thing I saw they mentioned the encore of Mania that um, they're going to be doing an, an encore of WrestleMania nine, um, and then we have the Beverly Brothers versus the Scott Steiner Brothers. The Scott <laughs> Steiner Brothers. <laughs> the Steiner. There's only one Scott Steiner. Then there's Rick Steiner. Yeah, the Steiner Brothers. <laughs> I was like, okay, because we've seen them have a match before. I think it was at Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. And it was okay. Like, we've seen the Beverly Brothers a couple times. And I think the first time we saw them, no, 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 it wasn't Royal Rumble. It was something else. I think it was just a Raw. I think it was an early Raw. Yeah, and that match was okay because we saw them in that match with the Bushwhackers and we're like, fuck. Mm-hmm. And, we, and we saw them a, another time or two on Raw and it was like, well, they're not bad. They're just kind of there. And then they had a match with the Steiners and it was like pretty good. It was like, okay. Yeah. And this time it was the same thing again. It was better this time though. Uh, as Scott Bo start off and Scott starts doing his baby face shit, arm drag, and Bo starts doing the he pulled my hair shit, the heel shit, mm-hmm. and then Bo reverses a hip toss and knees Scott in the gut and slams his head to the mat, and does some more heel shit, and then Scott fucking picks him up and does that double arm fucking power slam i don't know what the fuck you call that but it's cool yeah with the arm <laughs> hooks yeah yeah it's, it's awesome and then th- this goes on for a bit where they get heat on scott he t- scott steiner takes a great ass kicking and he just do- nobody brings that up anymore i guess people forgot mm-hmm. <laughs> because he's just main event and he's big pop a pump now i don't know um uh, rick always has a- to rick always has to like bail him out yeah rick's the the cleanup guy mm-hmm. um sometimes they switch roles sometimes rick will get his ass kicked uh but there's a couple flashy moves thrown in here or there uh, rick gets tagged in for a little bit uh the other beverly brother i forget his name Bo. Bo. no Bo's the guy who doesn't have the facial hair okay and uh i don't remember the other dude's name it's a b but i can't remember <laughs> Brian? He did. He hit it. He, it might. No, I don't think it's Brian. Anyway, he hit a good power slam on Rick, and then Rick hit a better power slam, and it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Scott gets back in, and he's selling again, getting his ass kicked. And then he hits like an awesome tilt to whirl slam on Bo, just out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. He just goes like, and just throws his ass across the ring and collapses. <laughs> and then he tags Rick, and he cleans house. He does Steiner liners and fucking. Well, when he did that move. That's when Vince went, that's a devastating maneuver. <laughs> I mean, what is that? I don't know. <laughs> it's, 
it's a tilt a whirl slam. I know that, but like I didn't know that for a while. I still don't know what to call that other movie does where he does the double underhook slam. It's, I guess it's just double underhook slam. Uh, a little chaos goes on, and then like Scott stealth tags Rick when he he hits the ropes, mm-hmm. and there's like both of everybody's in the ring at once and shit and stuff gets confusing. And then Scott hits Frankensteiner on bow and gets three. And it was, it was great. It was good. He died. He fucking died when he hit that. Oh yeah. I, I was like, ow, that fucking head must hurt. <laughs> because <laughs> it, 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 Scott has a thing where he just, he's just going to do it no matter if the, the opponent wants to do it or not. You're going with him one way or another, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think he went with it. He just sold it. Well, yeah. Like he went limp. It was great. Um, Decent match, finally. I gave it a six point five out of ten. Me too. I did the same thing. I was like, "This was." I was like, "Oh my god, a wrestling match with people I like in it." Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was. It was fun. <laughs> um, King comes back for the third time. This is attempt number three, and King's got a lot of heat from the crowd. You know, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then. Some guy attacks him from behind when it looks like he's about to say fuck it again. Jimmy, Jimmy Powers. Jim Powers. Jimmy Powers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he throws King into the post. He sold it like a fucking champ. Like, you heard that smack? And he's just like, oh! <laughs> like, <laughs> well, like, it was a, it was amazing. It didn't look like he smacked it with his hand or anything. He just looked like he hit his head with it and just almost collapsed. It was great. Uh, I was like, holy shit, Jimmy's going cra- uh, crazy. I-, I don't know what it was. Like, he did a heel tactic, kind of, when he, like, threw him into the the the, uh, the pipe. Or, what the pipe? Uh, the turnbuckle. The post. Yeah, the post. And then, like, then he became face when he was in the ring because he's like, come on! And, like, he would do all the... He seemed more flippy, by the way. A little bit. It looked like to me he was on cocaine. Yeah, he was just making these crazy faces and shit. <laughs> like I, I guess this guy's supposed to be baby face, but he's making like kind of ultimate warrior faces. But he's like half his size. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe King talked shit about him on Superstars. Maybe he talked shit about him during his matches on Superstars, and he overheard it. He watched the tape back and got mad and wanted revenge. I don't know. Was Waller, uh, was Jerry uh, telling Macho Man to tell the crowd to stop? Yeah. Okay. He blamed him for this. <laughs> I don't, I don't, <laughs> but yeah, like the, the match starts. This is who he was supposed to wrestle the whole time is Jim Powers. And Jim Powers does all right. He does some good baby face offense. He hits some backdrops, some clotheslines, some drop kicks. He mm-hmm. looks like he's on cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> And Lawler keeps rolling out of the ring to walk it off, and he go, he get, keeps going to the announce desk and pointing at Savage and saying shit. Lawler's, Lawler's selling is great. Mm-hmm. Everything he sells looks like awesome. Um, he's got a lot of heat, and it's fun to watch him get worked up about the Burger King thing. And when he takes control too, it's great. It's like at one point, like I, Jim Powers was trying to do something. I think he was going for another backdrop, and then Lawler just grabs a headlock, mm-hmm. and he's like, he's laughs. You hear him laugh. He's like, I've got him now. This is it. <laughs> <laughs> he tells the crowd he's got it, and he gets reversed almost immediately. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, 
it looks like he's got King on the ropes for a bit, but then Lawler hits like a forearm, like hard shot. And he's like, oh, fuck. And he gets him up for a power driver and just beats him. Mm-hmm. But he does grab his tights and they point that out. Yeah, he grabs his dick. He you grabs see? the dick part of the tights. <laughs> and dur- during the whole match, he, like, he was yelling at Macho Man. And Macho Man kept on doing He always does the... Uh, Turns around, looks at the crowd, and then does it. Talking to me? He looks everywhere. He does that during promos backstage. He's like looking around everywhere because he's hearing voices. <laughs> I'm hearing voices. I'm seeing. I'm seeing things. You know, I'm hearing voices, but my eyes don't lie. Yeah, that's <laughs> like what he said. <laughs> Cocaine. Dig it. So, what did you uh, give the match? Uh, this was fun. It felt like pro wrestling. Leave it to the king to portray that. I gave it a 6.25 out of 10. I gave it a 6.8 out of 10. I liked it a lot. It was just like, I get what they were doing. They were teasing king. They're, this was all set up to make an angle. Mm-hmm. And it happened after the match was over. Was oh, so you break. got the promo, right? Yeah, there was a break, and then King cuts a promo on Macho Man saying that he's scared to face him, and he belongs in a seat along with all these other idiots, and the only athletic parts of their body are their feet. And he's the greatest wrestler in the world, and Macho Man is not. And Macho Man gets mad, and Vincent Man tries to soothe him and calm him down. Well, there's history, right, with Macho Man and King because of the rogue, uh, the rogue territory that Macho Man and his family did, and then yeah, yeah, they ran outlaw in the same territory basically, and they kept saying like, and oh, God damn it, I can't remember the name of like their territory, what they called their their company, uh, but they constantly were setting up angles and matches and calling out people that were in the main tennessee territory mm-hmm. that was never going to happen they call out like jerry jarrett and, and jerry lawler and bill dundee and that shit <laughs> that was not going to happen it did finally happen later after they finally gave up mm-hmm. macho man i think macho man lanny poffo and like a couple other people did work in memphis for a bit before they got picked up by wwf macho man worked there for like I don't know, a few months or a year, and then he got signed by WWF, like, really fast. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, he did work with Lawler. He worked, He did have a program with Lawler. Yeah. I don't know if, if they're that's what they're trying to show. I think they're just like, hey, we're having a feud on national TV now. <laughs> hey, that's good, though. It means they, they know how to work with each other. So I'm, I really want to see this, because after I learned all that history... So you and think we you think we're getting that next week? No, I don't think we're going to get it next week. I think they're going to build it and it'll happen Pay-per-view. sometime within this month or next month. Okay. We got a long road to King and Ring. It's it's in June. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be two months. This is back in the day when they didn't have pay-per-views every month. So Yeah. Uh but I uh Let's see. What do you what do you think about the show overall? Um, I'm gonna have to give it a solid five out of ten because mm. pretty much the last two matches saved the show. Um, the beginning 
matches kind of dragged a little bit, but I was still entertained by the, the commentating. So the commentating kind of saved it a little bit. Uh, but overall, I would have to give it a 5 out of 10. Okay. So I don't think it was very good. It wasn't bad. To me, it was like just kind of below average. Because mm-hmm. there's lots of boring matches, and the show is paced not very well in the first half. No star power. It felt like a lot of filler. Uh, and then, like, Vincent Savage on commentary helped a lot. If it was with Bartlett, I probably would have rated this lower. Oh, shit. I probably would have got mad a couple times. Uh, the Steiners gave the show a jump start. They hooked up some jumper cables to the show and, and, and got it started. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Jerry Lawler came in and gave it some gas and held interest throughout the show. And I'm looking forward to what happens with King and Macho Man. And big announcement for next week. Big match. Are you ready? Did you see it? Re- uh, refresh my memory. I might have. Next week, Money Inc. versus the Bushwhackers. Uh. <laughs> I saw that. That was like, oh, great. Like, they always do this where they, like, announce big match next week and it's something that's really fucking disappointing mm-hmm. <laughs> it's always like crush versus some shithead that you don't care about or doink versus uh crush D- damien D- crush mm. or and now it's money inc versus the bushwhackers i'm like fuck <laughs> oh we all know who's gonna win right money inc yeah I just I hate that I have to watch them fuck around with the bushwhackers, and you know it's probably going to go on way longer than it needs to. Oh, we didn't even mention this: the Beverly Brothers versus the Steiner Brothers. That was for the number one contender for the titles. I totally missed that. Yeah, I did. Like I totally did not catch so, that when I was watching it. So we're getting Steiner and Money Inc. eventually, I guess. Mm, yes, excite. Yeah, so I'm there. There's some good. Uh, seed planting happening right now in raw stuff's brewing there is yeah. stuff brewing they just need to put on some matches with people and they don't have to take up they don't need to be fucking 20 minute matches either or anything mm-hmm. it's just put some guys on people fucking care about you know where's razor where's fucking i know brett just lost but like where's hogan hogan didn't even do a fucking promo to say brother i won the title brother and hulk made his back brother you nothing Again, I still think this is like Raw is not the main show kind of thing, yeah. and yeah. and it, it this definitely feels like you know if we were watch superstars or main event today, like this mm-hmm. is a very very second show kind of thing or yeah. fourth show. I think they're still trying to figure that out. Like to me, this is what this show is in Vince's mind. This is like those shows. This is like super because sometimes bigger things seem to happen on superstars when they recap them. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Vince thinks this is a show like that, but this is raw, pal, because it's on a late night time slot on USA Network. Yeah, but they put like the Bushwhackers and fucking uh, some kid uh, family people in this show. Todd Pettengill being a putz. Yeah, just like. If you if you want raw and uncensored, then put like your Shawn Michaels or something like that because he's a. Uh, 
as fucking Brett the Hitman Hart says, a flamboyant faggot. <laughs> Damn. Give yeah. King give King a mic and say tell him say whatever you want. Like that time he called Gold Dust a fag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like God. I mean, eventually we do get that. That's when the attitude error comes around. Uh, it's a couple of years. It's not that far off. Yeah. We're, we're three years away from that. Because, yeah, um, like, you have this show called Raw, right? And you're always talking about uncensored and, and stuff. Well, right now it feels like a kid show, in my opinion. It's going to get better, I th- like, I think. I'm pretty sure it will. It mm. becomes a little bit more serious. Even before, like, you know even before 96 mm-hmm. but uh i guess a 4.5 out of 10 okay it's not awful like but still it's very disappointing <laughs> <laughs> um wcw saturday night now april 10th april 1993 10th. yeah first thing paul orndorfer says jumping joey mags another they jumper jumping Yep, in the the title. I can catch that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um uh Joey is wearing a Paula shirt. Everybody's uh, chanting Paula. They have Paula flags and Paula banners and Paula signs. Paula's mad right away. Yeah, Paul Ordorf comes out and he's yelling. And he's WCW television champion. Still. When did he get it? I have no idea. This happened again. There was a mysterious title win. We don't know the circumstances of how he won it. Now, I remember a month or so ago, they were talking. Never, we, they showed us brackets. And then they had a couple matches to help further the brackets on that episode of Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Never saw anything about it again. <laughs> Apparently, they run like three shows. One's like WCW main event, and then one's like WCW worldwide, but we don't fucking see any of them. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, Paul Arndorf kicks Joey's ass like with his robe on. <laughs> he sees he has a Paul shirt, and he just doesn't even take his shit off. He just starts beating his ass. <laughs> and then he then he goes to the commentating table. It says. If, you know, people still chant Paula. I'm, I'm leaving. I'm not wrestling. And then Grizzly Smith comes out, um, and says, "You signed a contract. You need to wrestle, or you're gonna be fined." He's tells him because you signed a contract and you're trying to like, you know, negate your your obligation. Mm-hmm. Like shit that just makes sense. <laughs> He's just like, fine. So he goes back in the ring, and then like, Mags hits a couple moves on him after Paul starts the match for real. Well, he plays possum, by the way. Yeah, he played possum at first. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I don't know, like, the, Paul takes over shortly after that. He gets, like, a little flurry. He does, like, a nice back suplex and some heel shit. He drops a nice elbow. That that elbow that people sometimes do where they hit you, it looks like they're going to elbow drop your nuts. Mm-hmm. He fucking does that to him, and he sold it like a champ. He was like, "Oh, he's like rolling over." <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I think he, he got the nutsack on that that elbow drop. <laughs> I think that's what happened. 
But um, like, would you call that a low blow? It's like, I, I think that's what makes it heelish because technically it's not. <laughs> yeah, because again, you're not intentionally. I mean, you're intentionally do, falling on it, right? But, yeah, but you're not like hitting somebody in the nuts. It's just like it's the momentum of the body. So, like, I guess how they look at it is that <laughs> the person has the ability to move, so you don't get low blowed. And yeah. it's just Paul Arndorf just <laughs> dropping with an elbow in his nuts, pretty much. One of my one of my favorite clips of anybody ever selling anything is when Vader does that to Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. Vader elbow drops Ric Flair the nut sack. <laughs> he starts screaming and turning blood red he's like ah, ah, god and he just rolls over yelling god and shit <laughs> it's amazing i'm looking forward to that match rick flair versus vader it's gonna be great i'm looking forward to three good matches between vader which we'll get to by the way yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be great um but uh paul but- hits the power driver after this shit and punches him he slaps him yeah he picks joey mags up and slaps him in the face twice before he pins him it's like fuck you and squash you can't do the squash he barely got any offense on him it was like a drop kick and a something and i gave Paul it a, took over really quick i gave it a rating because it was entertaining seeing him go there and then grizzly smith and then him just like fucking losing his cool uh, I gave it a five point two out of ten. I mean, it was it was entertaining, and the point. Yeah, it's, yeah, I agree with you. It's fine. It's, this is a good squash mm-hmm. because it was part segment, part match, mostly a segment, in my opinion. Yeah, but yeah. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. This next match was at WCW Sam- Slambury, or was no. this? No, it wasn't. It, they were just advertising it they were just talking about slambury and they showed you like what the logo was going to be mm-hmm. and then they said dusty Rhodes was going to say something about slambury and i'm like what yeah we see it later mm-hmm. but uh we'll get to that cactus jack versus shanghai pierce with tex slazinger yeah um, so this this is continuing off of his last match where he fought tex yeah, and Cactus won by taking the bullhorn rope thing and using it and to win and run away. Um, I wrote, Cactus had some good... I, I love Cactus Jack's punches, by the way. I, I know I say that every time we do it, but he, he does a good punches. Uh, what about those foam guns he had? Oh, yeah. He had foam bang-bang guns. He's bracing like- in the f- face, by the way. You notice that? Yeah, pretty much. Like you, well, you, they have to at this point because the fans just cheer for him. Mm-hmm. So uh, unlike WWE nowadays, who just stubbornly refuse to acknowledge shit, unless I don't know, somehow they get back into a corner and finally do. Like it took them last time they did it. It took them months to fucking be like, okay, fine. Everybody likes Becky Lynch better than everybody. I'm sorry. <laughs> like it's just, like, that was stupid. uh but this was you know like shanghai pierce and cactus have a brawl it's just like them and tex yeah they had a brawl uh cactus shoots off and hits the reverse elbow he does a scoop slam and a leg drop he does some wrestling moves yeah 
I do I do have to say like I think Shanghai and Tex actually do better in a brawl than anything. Yeah, like they're they're doing better. Like before they were doing kind of shitty, and I'm starting to I feel dumb if I know Tex is uh one of the oh hell the Godwins. Hold on. Uh, Keep on talking, I'll I'll find it out for you. Yeah, he, he's one of the god ones. I know that for sure. I just can't remember if Shanghai is. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, Dennis Knight is uh, Tex Slazinger. He's a Godwin. He's Midian. Yeah, Midian. And yes, also Mark is Henry O. Godwin. And he was Shanghai Pierce? Yeah. Holy shit. So these guys are the god ones. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember them being bad when they were the godwins i just remember the gimmick was like shit (laughs) (laughs) and they just it was goofy but uh like uh yeah they're doing better though and i think they're doing better in these singles matches um shanghai did some good brawling and shit and cactus did a little bit of wrestling and uh he goes for chin lock and does like he tries to do an axe handle i think and then Shanghai punches him in the gut and hits a clothesline. And then he does the bang, 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 bang. Mm-hmm. And he covers him like he's fucking with him and he covered him. <laughs> uh, and then he does like a back suplex and he chokes him on the rope. And then Tex gets the bull rope and starts choking Cactus with it mm-hmm. while he's distracting the referee. And he keeps getting heat until Cactus comes back with a face crusher and headbutts him a couple times. And then Tex does something. He sets up the bell in the turnbuckle. I guess because he thinks like, oh, Shanghai will fucking throw his head in the turnbuckle and we'll win. No. <laughs> Cactus does it. And hits the double RBT and wins. And then he tries to like get him after that. He just rolls out of the ring and walks away. <laughs> I gave it a 5.5 5 out of 10. It was good. I gave it a 5.75 out of 10 because it was kind of just a fun brawl it was breezy it didn't stay too long but it was fun what do you think it it showed cactus is crazy and demented but he's crazy like a toothless fox (laughs) uh jesse ventura says you know he's crazy demented i mean he has an ugly face so he'll do whatever he wants uh because, you know, he's he's not going to be afraid to fuck up his face, pretty much. It doesn't matter if he gets hit in the face, Tony, because anything would be an improvement after that. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse had a couple good lines in this show, too. Um, after that match, they do that interview and Cactus uh, with Cactus, and he asks him about how he used He said he used to thrive off the fans' hate, but he doesn't now, and he seems to embrace the fans. Mm-hmm. And Cactus is like, this is because... They understand Cactus Jack's story, the story of brutality and and getting up and wrestling when you would be out for months. But I've discovered that I have pride. Pride. (laughs) (laughs) They show like a clip of him, like almost beating Vader on WCW main event for the title. Yeah. I guess that happened recently. And Cactus challenges Vader to a match on Saturday night. And I was like, that was a good promo. And then I was like, oh, shit, is this the match? Is this the the start of the brutality? (laughs) I think this is. I think that match that's coming up is that one that's, like, rough. Stiff. (laughs) Yeah, where he's, like, punching him straight in the face because Cactus told him to. (laughs) 
So it wasn't like Vader was just taking liberties, cactus and shit. Mick Foley told him, oh, I want to get color, but like, I need you to punch me in the head as hard as you can. <laughs> God damn, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really like the promo. I The promos in this show, I like it because it builds up for the future. It's not like... It's not. It's not like going. You know, I'm the best there is, and all that stuff. Hey, hey now. Hey, don't don't talk shit. No, no, no. I'm I'm, I'm saying like, usually when they do promos, they go, you know, no, I, I'm I'm this cold brother. No, I'm this cold brother. You see not, his face. Yes. Don't talk shit to this face. <laughs> But yeah, it, the, the promos are great in this uh, the show. Max Payne versus Ron Hagen. Um, I can't tell if Jesse was making fun of Max ring gear. I don't think he was. I think he was honestly saying this is an improvement because it fucking is. <laughs> <laughs> they finally did it. Max Payne's ring gear is just black pants, combat boots, and a fucking Metallica shirt. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's it. That's what you've needed to do this whole time. Cause he just looks fucking weird in like weird generic ass early nineties ring gear. It just doesn't look right. He just looks like like shit. But when he's wearing this, he looks like some jacked up psycho that would be in a mosh pit at like a fucking metal concert who would just whip your ass. Well, I, I, I like his entrance because like they do the close up camera angle where it's like a, a kneeling looking up at his face and then they cut to like his music video uh yeah. of him playing the guitar i was like that's a pretty good cool touch i guess that, i didn't i didn't quite fig- see what was going on there and i was like oh i guess that's what they were going for but mm. i was just like oh my god he looks this is like i know some people are like oh it's just fucking street clothes and shit but some people that's like it fits i mean look at john cena he's wearing fucking jorts and uh that's it, right? And Stone Cold was the same way. He had jean shorts. Actually, no, he had the the black trunks and stuff. But yeah, not... the, you know, there was a story recently. Somebody said that uh, used to work in WWE that John was wanting to turn heel. Uh, when was it? It was, I think it was before the shit with Daniel Bryan happened, mm-hmm. uh, where he put him over at that SummerSlam, and I was just shocked. And uh, he said that, like, Cena had this ring gear and everything ready for a heel turn. And he said, like, he wanted to turn heel. He's like, let's do it here. And they just tell him no. And he's like, okay. And he keeps pitching it occasionally. Mm-hmm. And I guess he had this whole new look planned for it and everything, and it just never happened. So John Cena has, like, this heel ring gear that he never got to use. <laughs> Did they say what it looked like? No, it's just that it definitely wasn't going to be jorts and shit anymore. So I'm assuming it's just wrestling gear. He just goes back to what he was when he faced Kurt Angle. Yeah, he just wears (laughs) like those shorts and shit, and that's all. (laughs) I don't know. We're talking about ring gear. It made me think about that. Um, Pretty much, uh, this is a squash. Max Payne Payne does a belly-to-back suplex, and then he hits the painkiller. Um, which is an arm bar and pretty much wins the match. Uh, it's fine. Arn Anderson doing a promo talking about, you know, he's going to be facing Eric Watts to handle that feud and get that shit out of the way. 
But he they also- advertised it too for like main event. Yeah. Eric Watts versus Arn Anderson. I'm like, I don't get to see the conclusion of it on Saturday night. Fuck. <laughs> I might I might search for it so we can watch it. Um I just want to see Eric Watts get his ass kicked. Yes, I? I do. <laughs> Uh, but something interesting happens. He starts to talk about Barry Windham. And and this is interesting. And it actually caught my attention because I was like, wait a second. I've never seen an Arn Anderson versus Barry match before. So, like, if this happens, I am all for this. And uh, he, this plants the seed of what's going to happen later on because <laughs> I think it's hilarious what happens uh but uh what's your point of view on this promo um it, it was another good Arn anderson promo like this dude's nobody talks about Arn anderson's promo game what the hell i don't know it's i don't know how to describe it though because this guy just has a way of talking that it, it's not like a gimmick it's not like he's doing a thing or he has catchphrases or some shit it's just like when he starts cutting a promo, he just looks directly into the camera. He looks at you, and he's he starts saying something, and it's like you believe every fucking word that he's saying, and it, none of it sounds ridiculous or silly. It's just like some dude from North Carolina is talking to you about how he's going to whip your ass. <laughs> it's, it is just, for some reason, it's just great. I don't know. You'd have to go go to YouTube and type in Arn Anderson promos. You'll see. Mm-hmm. I don't know. People need to study Arn Anderson more. People <laughs> in AEW need to talk to Arn to what he has to say. I agree. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this was interesting. Um, and then I think after this is Rick Rude against Dale Diamond. At first, I didn't know who it was because it's just like a guy. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Rick Rude starts taking his robe off and shit before he even gets to the ring and just goes in there, and, like, that dude can't get his jacket off. He just starts punching the shit out. No, he DDTs him. He just grabs his ass and DDTs him immediately. <laughs> he he fucked him up, dude. Like, I, I loved Dale Diamond's face when he saw, like, uh, Rick Rude started charging after him. He's like, oh, shit. He's like, wait, I got No, I didn't DDT him. <laughs> And then, like, while he's beating the shit out of him, they do, like, a pre-recorded promo that he, that he did backstage, like a picture-in-picture thing. And uh, he's just talking about, like, the rampage is continuing, the assault on WCW, and uh, Dustin isn't man enough to hang on to the title, is, is basically what he says. Mm-hmm. And he's still beating the fuck out of Dale, and then he hits a rude awakening, and it's over. Squash. Good squash. It's different this time too because of what they did. Mm-hmm. You notice that every time Rick Rude does a squash, it's different in some way. Yeah. Because when, uh, even though he, because I think the last time he had a squash, he was playing with like every time he would hit like the Rude Awakening, he would get up and like slap him or something or do something to heal. This one, he's just like, I'm going to beat his ass in the beginning, then do the Rude Awakening, and then that's it. <laughs> Yep, while there was a promo. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, that, uh, what were you going to say? Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, th- th- this is where Dusty Rhodes comes in to talk about Slamboree. Mm-hmm. And he's doing his Dusty Rhodes thing, and he's talking about Slamboree, baby. And the legends of wrestling's past that will show up. Gene Kaniski, 
Wahoo McDaniel, Mr. Wrestling 2. He calls it Wrestling 2. It's Mr. Wrestling 2. <laughs> and he said something about when God made the moon or some shit, he made Wrestling 2. He gave him, like, he, something had to do with God, <laughs> and he said Mr. Wrestling 2, and it, you felt like it was a really high compliment. Yep. <laughs> and it's like, all Dusty was doing was talk, hyping up slamboree, but, like, he just had your attention. You know, you pay attention to everything he was saying. I don't know if I want to see that yet. I have to see the card. The card's still uh, vapor at this point. Uh, like, I don't... I haven't looked ahead. I haven't looked. Uh, I kept thinking maybe they would... That's where Ric Flair would come back to actually wrestle with Slamboree, but I don't know that yet. Mm-hmm. That's my guess. Uh, it might. They might drag that out longer. Maybe. Uh, maybe he was injured, though, and, like, he, they just, I don't know. I don't know what Rick was doing back then. Well, they're still but, doing the Missy Hyatt thing, apparently. Yeah, they said Rick Flair's finally going to talk to Missy Hyatt on one of these other two shows we don't watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, the only match for sure that I know happens there is a British Bulldog Invader for the title. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that's, I'm looking forward to that. Sure, yeah. I already know the outcome because I, I've seen people talk about it. I already uh, know the outcome just because I know about the title history. I know he fucking never wins that title. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, your uncle shows up with Bobby Eaton. <laughs> and he's going to go up against Z-Man and J-Gun. Chris Benoit, Bobby Eaton versus Z-Man and J-Gun. As heels, by the way? Yeah, they're heels because Crispin was a Z Man and Johnny Gunn are baby faces. Mm-hmm. And I saw it was like Bobby Eaton. I'm like, where the fuck's Bobby Eaton been? I don't know, like, but it's a perfect um, team up with uh, Chris Benoit, by the way. He has the same mannerism. They, they kind of do. It's weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was just like, man, the last time we saw Bobby Eaton is when they did that angle with Rocky Roll and the Heavenly Bodies. Mm hmm. And I'm like, what's he been doing? Has he just been on one of those other two shows? Probably. Because <laughs> Bobby Eaton's a fucking damn good wrestler. It's like a shame we haven't seen him. Um, Jay Gunn with, uh, had amazing arm drags, by the way. Uh, they did That's... a lot. They did a lot of face shit, by the way, because you know they had to pump it up. Z Man doing the shoulder uh, blocks, doing the flying body presses. Um. You know, they had to have their time before Benoit like started fucking clotheslining people behind from behind. Oh yeah, he tags in like Johnny Gunn and oh, this is one of the things that fucking bothered me. This is something where I I've, I think I brought this up before that I don't think Johnny Gunn's psychology is that good mm-hmm. because it seems to me like Z Man will always set up something for him to do, and he like does the exact opposite of what you think he would go to do. <laughs> like Z-Man has uh, eaten and I don't know he sets him up and he does that shit where he's, he's holding the guy in his corner and he tags his partner in to do something so he can come in and double team him Yeah. and then like what does he do what does Johnny Gunn do he gets him in a fucking headlock <laughs> off of a double team setup what the, what the fuck I mean I'm not saying he has to punch him in the gut like a heel or some shit but like what the f- god damn it that was stupid 
Uh, Jay Gunn's out running Eaton, and he goes for a crossbody, and he like overshoots it really bad to mm-hmm. the point to where Bobby Eaton doesn't sell it. Yeah, <laughs> he just gets up. He's like, "I'm a fuck you, fucking overshot that one, brother." <laughs> just start doing something else. <laughs> That's what Benoit tags in though, and they, he clobbers the fuck out of him with that clothesline. I think this is where the because I heard a lot of stories where Chris Benoit, if you're not matching the intensity of the match, he'll make it intense, and yeah. he he does, sure does make it intense because he when he starts throwing people into the turnbuckle and then like do that clothesline. Looks like he's gonna snap their necks off. That's funny because you said that. I was just thinking, like, right after he did that, and he started working with Johnny Gunn. I was like, "Man, Crispin Wall was fucking intense." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, That's literally what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Barry does a promo during this match. By the way, yeah, he comes out and just takes one of their headsets or some shit, and starts talking. So Arn Anderson got to him. Um, because he does, he does it twice. I mean, obviously we'll get to it later on, but you know, but he comes on, he, he says, you know, I'll be ready for Arn Anderson pretty much, you know, just bring it brother. Something along the line of that. I ain't hard to find. I'm in the back with everybody else. You know where to find me. And he, he just throws the headset back at Tony. Cause you know, he's not going to take Jesse's headset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I forgot how this match ends, by the way. Was it just a straight pin, pretty much? Close no, no, no. It, it had a little bit of a, not screwy, but somewhat, there was a little bit of complexity in the end of the match, this finish. Uh, I don't blame you because, like, that was kind of distracting like, mm-hmm. when that happened. Whenever they do shit like that where somebody suddenly shows up and they're trying, it's always in a tag match where shit like that happens, too. Yeah. That's like when they had fucking Bartlett call during the Steiner Brothers match. And I was like, God damn it. I'm trying to watch this. <laughs> but it didn't last the whole match, thank God. Yeah, it was um, a quick. But, uh, yeah, while he was talking, I kind of lost. Uh, att- my attention kind of got broke off, but then I, I focused. So Benoit controls Johnny Gunn for a little bit, but he tags or uh, he tags Z-Man back in or something. They double team him. And then Jay Gunn body slams Benoit, and he goes for a cover. But beautiful Bobby Eaton sails in from off screen, <laughs> and he hits the Alabama J on a fucking top rope leg drop. You ever see him do that? Yeah, it's great. It's super smooth. He just it, the way they shot it was perfect too, because it just shows him covering him. He's like, right, I covered him, and then all of a sudden off screen, just bam, he hits him in the back of the head, and Jay Gunn's like, oh fuck. Like he's got a concussion, and then Benoit just rolls him up and fucking pins him. Man, nice. So that was it. What'd you get this match? Uh, said okay tag match got kind of overshadowed by the off-screen interruption, but I guess that goes to show you who's really important here, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, I give it five point twenty-five out of ten because it it. Uh, everybody's fine in that match. It's just, I feel like this was just supposed to be something. There's a wrestling match and then something happens. Yeah. Kind of thing. I gave it a 5.1 out of 10. Yeah. If they got more time. Like, I feel like if those four got more time together, like if they gave them like 10 minutes with no interruption, with no interruptions, it'd probably be like, that was a pretty good tag match. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. 
Vader promo. <laughs> as soon as I came back from break and I saw Vader was standing there, I'm like, oh boy, what's he gonna fucking say? My favorite part is when he's like, Cactus, you stupid! <laughs> Cactus, you fool! You idiot! <laughs> he starts calling him stupid. You're dumber than you look. Well, it's funny because the interviewer goes, so, you know, you got a challenge from Sting, uh, Ric Flair, and Cactus... Bulldog. Uh, yeah, Bulldog and Cactus Jack. And then he goes, Cactus Jack, you stupid idiot! He's like, I'll face you, pretty much. Um, and then... Um, Fuck, what's his manager's name? I forgot his name. It's Harley Race. What's his manager's name? Harley Race. <laughs> Sorry. I have so much names in my head right now. Uh, you should know that's Harley Race. Come I on. know. I, trust me, I know it's Harley Race. I just couldn't find the words. Uh, but Harley Race, you know, pretty much feeds off of what Vader's doing. Vader's just being fucking an animal and just being like, stupid. I'm going to kill you. The pain and, and all that stuff. And uh, Harley Race is like, Cactus Jack, I don't know if that was a smart thing to do, pretty much. <laughs> he's like, if you're going to try to hit him with your little snow shovel, too, he's going to eat it. Yeah. <laughs> and he's going to eat you. <laughs> so, I am excited. I am really excited for Cactus Jack versus uh, Vader. Yeah. To see that, that stiff match. That pretty much confirmed to me that's what that match is going to be. Is is that for, Not their first match, but it's the first one they have where people are kind of like, oh, oh, shit. Like both in the company and outside of it. <laughs> uh, up next is Two Cold Scorpio and Marcus Alexander Bagwell, the 1992 Rookie of the Year, uh, against the Wrecking Crew. Are they a tag team now? Because they're, they're wearing the same trunks, by the way. They are a tag team now, and Jesse hilariously points out that they're wearing passionate pink trunks. <laughs> It's like he's low-key calling them gay. I swear to God. <laughs> but, but then Tony's like, oh, you used to wear pink, Jesse. He's like, yeah, I did. He didn't even fucking deny it. He like, He's like embracing it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I noticed that. I was like, oh, they got matching gear. I guess they're a team. And then they do a dance. They do a little dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marcus doesn't have any rhythm. Mm-hmm. But Too Cold has some to spare. <laughs> and then Wrecking Crew tries to attack them and they both dodge it and they drop kick them and they both fly out of the ring. It was like, I don't know, it was just classic babyface team shit or something. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Alexander Bagwell um, does some... Uh, he, he's been doing these arm... I've noticed a lot of old school wrestling does arm drags a lot. It's a good babyface move. It's just like a real quick, fast like takeover. It's like you out wrestled them and, and threw them to the ground really quickly. Mm-hmm. And then you do other, you either do another arm drag or you do a headlock takeover or you do a, a, a drop kick, something fast and snappy. Yeah. And that's when we got the, the, the teamwork where they do the flying elbow where they threw one of the wrecking crew guys into the ropes. And then like, they just do this flying elbow into the guy's face. Classic uh, baby face team move. Yeah. Um, Every time Wrecking Crew gets offense, they always get grounded by Two Cold Scorpio. By the way, Two Cold Scorpio did some impressive submissioning, by the way, that I, I didn't see him do because we, we always see him do flips and dances <laughs> and all that time. And this one, he actually did psychology wrestling. He worked the legs. Yeah, they were doing a thing where like the baby faces were out wrestling the heels. 
Mm-hmm. They were grounding them and like putting them in submissions and shit. And like Too Cold was, he started working uh, Fury. Uh, and then he tagged Rage in and they started working his leg. Which one is and the Best Buy worker? That's Rage. He's the, the guy with the black hair. Okay. And he's got like the longer singlet. Like he's got the long pants singlet where Fury has like the shorts singlet. And by the way, people, if you're coming in new, um, when I say Best Buy worker, uh, the other guy has an actual uh, like wrestling voice. This guy sounds like he's trying to sell you a computer. So <laughs> he doesn't sound like a big, angry, bad guy wrestler at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, let's see. They're, they keep out wrestling for a little bit and then the Cole twins come out. They're like, yeah, brother, yeah. They're cheering on the the baby faces. And then Jesse says some kind of comment about how like they all watch Sesame Street together. (laughs) Yeah, I think he's like low key called him gay. Scorpio tags Marcus in, and they keep doing the wrestling shit until Rage just pokes him in the eye and clubs him and throws him in the corner. Mm -hmm. And then. Marcus Alexander Bagwell goes for another, another one of those amazing crossbodies, but he crashes and burns. I had a problem with the ending because it got a little crazy. I like, had a problem with the really shitty choke slam Rage did after that. Yeah. <laughs> it, do you think that the referee was probably calling time, 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 and they just did some crazy shit there to end it? I think but, so. I think so a little bit. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah, this one got a little confusing too. Uh, what did I write here? I did write like when they go on offense, the wrecking crew they do a little bit better. They don't look as bad. Yeah, the scoop slams are great, by the way. That yeah, Fury was... came in and started doing power slams and shit and stuff. And Rage did a decent front fall power slam thing. Mm-hmm. And and then uh. We'll see. Rage tags Fury, and then Bagwell tags Too Cold, and he makes the comeback. Super kick, crescent kick, and then he gets thrown out, and then the heels double-team Marcus until Rage punches Fury in the face. Then Marcus beats him down while Too Cold gets up on the fucking top rope and just hits the 450 and pins him. (laughs) He's like, oh, okay. Um... Yeah, the, the, like I said, the ending was too crazy. It felt like it was rushed. Uh, and then, I don't know if it was this. I think it was this match where uh, there, uh, the Too Cold or, or Marcus Alexander Bagwell was going for the pin. But, like, one of the Wrecking Crew guys tried to come in to break it up, but it was too late. Yeah. And that's how it ended. And I was like, huh, okay. Uh, that was kind of fast. I mean, obviously, they wanted to get to the promo. I think that's what they were leading to. Um, with, you know, the Cole brothers and, uh, Too Cold and, uh, Marcus Alexander Bagwell, and then, honestly, Barry Windham and then Arn Anderson coming out. But, uh, if I had to rate this match, I would give it a 5.2 out of 10. I'd give it a 5.5, uh, Mostly because Tuchel and Marcus were doing good, mm-hmm. and then when Wrecking Crew did go on offense, it was it was pretty good. That match was probably about as long as it should have been. 
then yeah, the post match interview happens where Marcus cuts the pro he cuts a promo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't very good. You can still tell he's really early in his career because his Georgia accent is thick as fuck here. <laughs> and uh then he calls over the Cole twins, they all high five each other and they're bros together and they're talking about how they're gonna watch Sesame Street later. <laughs> and then and then Barry Wyndham shows up and just energy he takes over the interview. Yep. It's like and here's he's, a, just, he's like, let the veterans speak. Yeah, just get out of the way, rookies. And he starts he's like, Well, you guys need to find Arn Anderson. He tells them that. And then uh, he's like, You need to bring him here. And then two cold's like, Why do we gotta do that? Why don't you go find him? And he's like, I will as soon as you bring him here. And <laughs> and I think either one of the cold twins or Marcus Alexander Bagwell says, uh, turn around because Arn Anderson is like coming behind him to uh hit him. No, or, that was too cold. Oh, that was too cold? Yeah, because he was like, they're in each other's faces. And then, like, in the background, you can see Arn, like, coming mm-hmm. in the frame. And then Too Cold kind of notices him. And he's like, no, you can tell him this when you turn around. And then Barry's like, what? Yeah, I'll tell him this when you bring him here. And he's like, no, turn around and you can tell him right now. <laughs> and then he turns around and then they just start fucking fighting. And then, like, all the baby faces, like, roll Barry Windham into the ring, and then, like, Arn beats his ass a little bit, mm-hmm. and he, like, rolls out. And that that's it. That's the end of the angle. So, is Arn a heel or a face? No, he's a baby face now. Okay. Because in his promo earlier, he said, I used to do, you know, bad shit to people, but now I'm going to do bad shit to people that deserve it. Kind of like a Stone Cold thing. Okay. Uh, so yeah, this is going to happen very soon. I feel like, or they're going to at least build this up for a month because again, we're, we got like a month and a half to go until slamboree or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought this show was okay. Uh, I want them to move past the Paula thing with Paul Orndorff. It's played out now, I think. Yep. Uh, him and Dustin need to have a match soon. I, I feel like to resolve that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause Dustin hasn't really done anything for a while either, actually. Yep. Uh, I'm ready for this Barry and Arn feud thing. I'm ready to see cactus invader. Mm-hmm. That's next week. So that's going to be cool. I'll give it a 5.75 out of 10. Cause there was good promos okay matches there were no bad matches the squashes were fine mm-hmm. even max Payne squash was fine yes um i like it because there's a lot of plants being uh, a lot of seeds being planted yeah. um which again makes me want to watch their product more um wwf raw is doing that a little bit with jerry and macho man but i think that's probably going to be a one-off um Probably and they set up a feud with Michaels and Perfect mm-hmm. at, at the Mania. fucking WrestleMania. So th- that's going to be something that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, the I, I'm I'm into seeing Arn and Barry. Uh, I kind of want to see Arn and Eric Watts just because I want to see Eric Watts get his ass whooped, but that's <laughs> just me. Um. 
also Vader and Cactus Jack. I like what they're doing with the tag team division a little bit. They're starting to form teams to make it a somewhat okay division. Uh, because now they have the Wrecking Crew, they have the the Cold Twins, uh, the two Cold Scorpio, Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Now they have Bobby Eaton and Chris Benoit because they they seem to be a team. Um, it seems like they're trying to build a division around the Hollywood Blondes. So you need some baby faces to fight. Mm-hmm. So I I gave it a five point five out of ten. Move pretty close. Yeah. Um, WCW wins this week. Yes. Not so, by a huge margin, but yeah. So, um, as far as the next time we do the show, because we're kind of going to go on a little break because uh, I'm going to be going to my parents' house in two weeks. Yeah. And obviously, we just did a show today, and it's a bi-weekly show. So, we're kind of taking a somewhat of a vacation but when we come back i will tell you which one we are doing as far as the calendar do you have the calendar up on which one which one's next no but i can do it real quick yes do that for me please let's see here i thought i i thought i had it up here getting the calendar calendar yeah oh man See what month it is, yeah. Uh, come on, it's loading. <laughs> come there's on, a lot of pi- there's a lot of pictures, pictures and and tables and stuff. Oh my! Uh, Monday the twelfth is raw, and then Saturday seventeenth is Saturday night. Okay, cool. Uh, remember. Uh, to watch that, guys, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about it. Um, That's right. So, um, if you want to catch more Getting Some Color, make sure you go on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Red Circle. Type in Getting Some Color, and you get to watch all our episodes there. Uh, But until next time, everybody, remember to get some color. Peace out. Dig it.